Welcome back to the Thrasher, Thrasher Podcast. Podcast. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. If you don't know already, this is a true crime podcast where we discuss everything from unsolved murders to false charges. We are a new episode every Thursday, and I believe that this is our 500th episode. Could we get a little round of applause for that Yes, part? we can. Round of applause. So in honor of our 500th episode, last week we asked listeners to take a poll on what this week's episode should be about. And it looks like the winner is the case of Ulysses Rodriguez Charles. This is a good one. I was hoping this one would win. Same here. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So, long before our generation, on December 8th, 1980, in Boston, Massachusetts, the three women were raped, robbed in their apartment. They described seeing an African-American man that was a tall, thin build with a scraggly beard. Charles was arrested on June 1st, 1981, and in 1984, he was tried. Charles was identified by all three of the victims, and one of them even said that she could tell by his dreadlocks. But here's the thing. The police don't have any photo or any record of Charles having dreadlocks. So that just must mean that it was already like a, a case against him. Yeah, exactly. I wonder why they didn't take anything up on that. But mm-hmm. On June 14th, 1984, he was convicted of unlawful confinement, rape, and robbery. He was sentenced to 80 years. While Charles was in prison, he, he obtained copies of the victim's medical records that showed semen was found in the medical swabs. Later, he learned that police didn't get the analysis from the hospital, so they were destroyed, which just showed how much the police didn't care about yeah. the situation. And it's just unfair on his part, because, like... That's completely unfair, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nobody should be... Nobody should have, like, that point. Exactly. Especially if there's clear evidence that... He, you know, wasn't the one, at least. Exactly. But fortunately, in 1999, he won a motion to have the evidence tested. And when they came back, DNA completely eliminated him from any biological evidence. So pretty much all the seminal swabs and all the DNA they found on the bed was probably either yeah. placed there, or it could have just been a faulty scan. Yeah. Because how, how come, like, his DNA, like, when they went back and tested it, all the DNA was eliminated from the thing. Yeah. So that's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Either they just didn't care enough or they probably wanted him to be yeah. in prison, you know? Probably tried to get him convicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On May 17th, 2001, charges were dropped and Ulysses was released on August 23rd, 2002. Charles filed a lawsuit and settled on $3.25 million. And he also got 500k in state compensation, so that totaled to about 3.2, 3.75 million dollars. Honestly, though, I think he could have been given a little more because he spent 18 years in prison for exactly. something he had That's like, no association. I'm spending 18 years in prison, no contact with your friends, your family, Literally. and I mean, 3.75, like, whatever, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but, is, but still. I feel like taking away 18 years of a man's life isn't even worth that much. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's very, very crazy. Especially for the time period and everything, because mm-hmm. DNA wasn't um, a big thing up until, you know, like... Recent exactly. era the technology wasn't yeah. not nearly advanced. All they had to go was like based off like what they saw. Exactly, and, and obviously that can trick a lot of people. Exactly, and some people can even have 
um, wrong opinions and falsely accuse people on purpose. And at the time, there was really nothing anybody could do about it yeah. other than just go by people's word, especially for like, um, like officials in the court and everything. Like if they say something, then I, then they. No one's going to be like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, because if a person is, like, convicted, especially, like, back then, if they were African-American, then, like, it can completely be, like, deemed as, like, racial. Yeah, exactly. Like, a racial issue. And even in today's world, stuff like that has not been solved Mm -hmm. and continues to this day. Exactly. So, some of these main characters that played in the story were, obviously, Ulysses R. Charles, the suspect in the case who was tried for the rape and was also exonerated by the DNA that they found during the case. Another interesting character who plays a very big role in this case is Stanley Bogdan, a Boston de- police department that collected a sheet, a bed sheet from the crime scene. And Charles um, said, believe, or he believed that Stanley had a personal vendetta against him and also withheld evidence so the court wouldn't say anything. Was it ever proven that they, like, actually withheld evidence? I mean, I don't doubt it, but was it ever, like, officially proven? Um, I'm pretty sure that it was, because he did, he held, uh, he withheld that bedsheet that had that yeah. DNA on it. So yeah. I think that relates back to one of the first things that we brought up was how, like, all Charles' DNA was, um, on that bedsheet. Yeah. And so possibly... I'm not saying it did happen, yeah. but possibly Bogdan could have went in there and swapped around some bed sheets yeah. and had that had some of Charles' DNA on them, Dang. and he knew that he would get convicted of those yeah. crimes. Dude, that's messed up. This wasn't the first time Charles has been mistreated by the law, though. In the 70s, he reports being abused by police officers from threats to false accusations of crimes. So a big part of the story is how Charles did become innocent. And the thing is, he was wrongfully convicted by false identification on bad DNA readings, which is granted because of the time period that was in. They didn't have very advanced technology for identifying yeah. people. And for a long time, actually, DNA was neglected in court trials mm. because um, I don't know why, but at the time, people just didn't think it was uh, worth it, I guess. Well, those people are very stupid. Yeah. So... <laughs> Because they could have saved many people. Yeah. But um, Charles, when he was in this case, he kept asking for motions to test DNA, but all failed to get anywhere until 2001 when he got accepted for to do a DNA test, which ultimately exonerated him completely from the case. Overall, he, he uh, served 18 years wrongfully accused. Can't believe that. I know. It's crazy because 18 years is as long as we've been alive. Yeah, literally. And Charles' exoneration date was on um, May 17th, 2001, after getting out of an 80-year sentence. Imagine he had to serve 80 years. Imagine being wrongfully imprisoned for 80 straight years. I mean, there's like plenty of people in prison right now, and people have been put on to death of... Put on death row for mm-hmm. false accusations. Well, that pretty much is death row. Yeah. Being there for eight <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And Charles also asserts that he was targeted by a police officer, which was Stanley Bogdan, who has it out for him, and also withheld that bedsheet from the case. Yeah. 
While I wasn't able to find any information on the initial impact of the case and what it, what the impact was on Charles, the community, the city, etc., um, pretty much was what I was able to find is what we already talked about. You know, with um, how he filed a wrongful conviction lawsuit that was sold for 3.25 million, and then also received the 500k in state compensation. And even though the case was solved. Charles still faced deportation to his former home of Trinidad in 2009. Um, But I was not able to find anything on the outcome of that case. So imagine getting tried for 80 years, almost serving that much, and then getting exonerated from DNA, and then going back out there, and then almost immediately getting a request to get deported. That would be... Just right Horrible. after, right after literally that happened. Right after getting accused of rape and robbery, gets deported back to his country across, like, I don't even know where Trinidad is. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like, I've heard of it, though, but I just don't, I don't that's know what I'm saying. That's, either way, that's crazy. No, seriously. All right, well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Thank you all for... Uh, tuning in to our 500th episode and everybody that's listened so far. Next week, we're going to have a new exciting case for y'all. And I do want to give a huge shout out to our pious Patreon sponsor, Miss Cresta. So Round huge shout out for Miss Cresta. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Always supporting the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Thrasher podcast. And we will see y'all next week.